Welcome to Check the Program. We're four sometimes journalists who saw a desperate need for arts coverage in the city and decided to do something about it. I'm John Threlfall. I'm Sarah Petrescu. I'm Amanda Farrell Lowe. And I'm Melanie Tronkhoover. And today we're talking a little bit about what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. We've been to Mama Hood, uh, Fidelio from Pacific Opera Victoria, and William had on stage their prison cabaret called Crossroads. So we'll spend a bit of time there, as well as talking about the upcoming election this week and where arts does and doesn't fit into uh, candidate profiles right across the region. And before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge that Victoria occupies the traditional territories of the Lekwungen-speaking and Coast Salish peoples, including what is now known as the Esquimalt and Songhees First Nations. As settler people, we have the privilege to live, work, and create on these lands, and much of the art we are discussing has also been created and performed here. All right, let's get started. Yeah, who went to Mama Hood? Me! Amanda <laughs> went to Mama Hood. <laughs> And? Yeah, so Mama... As a mama? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, as a mama, I, appre I appreciated this show. Uh, for some context, it's uh, happening up at Evic at the Phoenix Theatre. It's their spotlight on alumni show. Uh, that's usually the, how they kick off their season up at Evic. They have a, uh, you, uh, an alumni come and do a performance of, a, of one of their works. So this was uh, Nicole Natras. Uh, and it's uh, Mamahood Bursting Into Light, a show about her journey into becoming a mother. She, um, I assume it's autobiographical, even though, you know, she she doesn't use her actual name in it and, and that kind of thing. But uh, about, you know, discovering that she was pregnant at 40 and uh, that journey that happened there and how uh, it was not really what she had envisioned it being and some of the struggles that she went through as part of that. Um, yeah, and I mean, as, uh, as someone who came to motherhood a little later than, uh, I guess, I don't know what the average is these days. I don't days. know if there is an average these days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. becoming the norm, right? I was 39 for datahood. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I really appreciated the show. It really, uh, I, I think it's a great show to see, uh, if you don't have kids and you just kind of want to wrap your head around what this experience is like. Uh, she really, she kind of makes this analogy that it's like going and visiting another planet and <laughs> it's just this really unexpected journey. And she uses kind of like little snippets of sound and lighting to bring you to this kind of spacecraft analogy. And I didn't love it as a piece of theater i thought it was a worthwhile story and an interesting story it's 80 85 minute solo show which is quite it's long. a long show for a, yeah. for a solo show yeah. yeah i felt like it could have especially near the beginning it could have been trimmed quite a bit she spends a lot of time talking about the early parts of her pregnancy i would have liked to hear more about life after baby because mm -hmm. she it just kind of all of a sudden her kid is two years old and you, you know, it's anyway, I don't want to give away too much right. about it. Um, there are uh, a lot of sound and lighting cues in this show. I felt like there were far too many. She'd do like a couple seconds of uh, like a song that, and the lighting would change and she'd kind of take, try and take you into this other realm. And it just, it didn't really work for me. Uh, and I, I get that, you know, it is a long show for one person uh, and directed a, uh, by T.J. Daw, who a lot of people are familiar with. Yeah, I was going to ask, could, yeah. so could you see T.J.'s hand in the work, or was it more... You know, it's funny, I didn't really... Like, I've seen several of T.J.'s shows, and, you know, he's just the master of this kind of, like, 
monologue. monologue. Yeah. Well, he knows how to blend in layers monologues really mm-hmm. well. Yeah, you know? I, I can it's see. usually tight. Yeah. Like that, yeah. What you're saying about dramaturging it down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I felt like it could have, yeah, used a little more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I found that the these like little snippets of songs and little lighting shifts and direction changes just really pulled me out of the story. I almost mm-hmm. just wanted more of a straight up monologue. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the whole, like, uh, spacecraft analogy, almost, I almost wanted more, either more of that or I wanted it gone. Mm. Like, it was good. I appreciated what it was saying. It's an important story for people to hear, I think, especially if you haven't had a kid. I think it would make you really appreciate what some of the parents in your life go through. And maybe I'm probably pretty biased because, you know, as someone who's the mother of a young child, it's like there was a lot of stuff in there I could relate to. And a lot of stuff like, uh, you know, some of my favorite parts of the show where, you know, the moments where she was like struggling with how she was going to tell her best friend who had been trying to have a baby for years that she was pregnant and, you know, how she dealt with people around her, not just her own Mm -hmm. pregnancy and yeah, I, I liked those pieces a lot. And yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It could have been tighter. And I almost just wanted more of a straight up monologue. So that was Mamahood for me. Mamahood. And yep. it's uh, on until October 20th up at UVic. Nice. Totally, completely different. Uh, Sarah, you went to Fidelio. Yeah, I did. I saw uh, Beethoven's Fidelio, um, Pacific Opera Victoria's season opener. Um, Not a show I know. I mean, no. they keep saying Beethoven's only opera. Yeah. Is there a reason it's, for there's that? There's a reason it was. His, <laughs> there is. There's a reason it was his only opera. I didn't really try it again. Uh-huh. <laughs> and a reason it's not uh, well known. Although the music is so Beethoven that you feel like you know the music, mm. even though you might oh, not recognize oh. the arias or, you know, not the most famous pieces. But yeah, it has that. The music's beautiful. Mm. That's the standout part of Fidelio. Um, yeah, just stunning, like gorgeous overture. Um, beautiful uh, choral writing like the chorus is incredible Mm. so yeah it's got all of that those elements Um, the story is a little bit lacking so it's the story of a woman Lenore whose husband Floristan is unjustly imprisoned and she disguises herself as Fidelio um, a boy to who um, be a an assistant to the prison guard and to try to help him escape oh. and, and so it's uh yeah it's an interesting story um it's sort of, that's one of those common things like mm. a woman dresses up and mm, sure. you know to and then there's a the big reveal um but the actual libretto the storyline is pr- a little bit thin and um and i felt like this staging of it uh the director wim trompert took the theme of justice and sort of set it as like freedom fighters and um and kind of had that played on that theme like of justice and um you know people prisoners of war and and so it kind of had this battling of motifs I would think um so you have political prisoners you have freedom fighters and then there was video from missing and murdered sons of Colombia uh, from mm. mothers in Colombia um, and then there's another odd motif. So um, it's sung in German, and uh, there's a sort of recurring motif of shoes. Um, 
I was wondering about the shoes. Shoes, and and I kept thinking, shoes. That is an image that I would associate with a lot of art um, associated with the Holocaust. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't know if that was intentional. It wasn't in the director's notes, but it sort of threw you. Mm. And it, you know, it's not bad if that's what it was going for. But there's so there's such a jumble of messages. Mm. And when I thought about it, it just like I just didn't connect emotionally at all. And it was just distracting. Mm -hmm. So with the story, I think it would have been better to just go with the love theme. To Mm. just go with the, you're so devoted to your husband that you're going to go through all of this and put your life on the line. And like that, the big romantic gesture, Mm -hmm. which... The drama there. Yeah, which may not, may seem like if you're trying to do something modern with with an old tale, then you might want to move away from that and try to make it more current. But Mm. that really is the best storyline for it. And I didn't love the set. Hmm. Uh, what I loved about it is that you could see straight through to the brick wall at mm. the, in the back of the Royal Theatre, which is really cool. But there's this giant video screen uh, that was showing all sorts of, a mix of sort of, you know, interesting art and, um, and then this video from the, from the um, soldiers and then from, or sort of the prisoners and then sort of b-roll kind of like flames Mm. and stuff and it was really distracting Mm. so that was sort of and it just didn't it distract you know when there's a screen on in a in a restaurant and you can't Mm. stop a watch it was like that (laughs) and i could feel other people talking about that too like it didn't quite work Mm. and so yeah i think when you use technology in a show it has to have a real purpose and not be overbearing Mm. But other than that, it was really enjoyable. And I think we're just spoiled with the like yeah. excellent shows, right. especially the last year. Like they have just been so amazing, and the setting like you're just brought into this different world. And you know, the sun didn't quite do it, but it was still incredibly enjoyable. Standout so. performances. Oh, the um, Lenore Aviva Fortunata Whew, was that's a name. yeah, yeah, amazing <laughs> name. So she she's amazing, like. She kind of didn't really get, you know, a bit of singing, but she has like a, like, she just blasts you. She's (laughs) got this incredible voice, like, that sort of like pierces the, what do you call it, third wall or something. (laughs) You get it in her first aria and you're like, whoa, I want more of that. She just has like an otherworldly powerhouse voice. So, yeah, that was great. That was um, Brent Riley Turner, who played Floristan, was also incredibly emotional singer. Um, yeah, it was great. And the chorus was great. They were, they had some great numbers. So yeah, it was great. Great. Yeah. The, uh, I always applaud POV for finding, uh, operas that are not in the usual canon. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only yeah. so many times you can see Love O.M. and things like that. So yeah. it's nice mm-hmm. when they do pull these things out, even if they're not always successful. They seem to do like two kind of well-known and yep. one not that well-known, yep. yep. which I like. Great. Yeah. So Fidelio runs till? The 21st, October 21st. 21st. Great. And Melanie, you went out to the prison. I did, yes. I saw William head on stage this year. Um, And this year they were doing, as much as the Victoria Arts scene is doing uh, musical work this this season, they as well did Crossroads, a Mm. prison cabaret, um, a very, very large ensemble piece. Um, as, as many of the productions are there and collectively written by the inmates who all kind of had a character within this cabaret mm. um, that ranged from your uh, kind of MC to there was a jazz trio that Alphonse Frears, um, a local musician in town, mentored. 
uh, and wrote music for and, and did all the arrangements with this group. Um, but then they kind of built their characters out of that um, to a fantastic drag performance, like went all over, all over the map uh, in a cabaret-style show. Um, it was set up as a little bit of a purgatory underneath tree limbs, essentially. And there was some kind of nefarious... Uh, reasons I guess that they were trapped under this tree and looking for liberation so of course people are writing from their experience I'm sure um, as as inmates and and what what that experience is of of kind of searching for freedom and searching for peace so uh, Kate Rubin directed and did such a fantastic job again with a real range of some of the inmates have been at it for five 17 years and then there's brand new folks that had quite significant starring roles and it was their very first year. Um, so she, as, as always, does a really great job. There was a few, um, Kathleen Greenfield was on stage um, and, and a few other women to, to kind of round out the cast. Ingrid Hansen mentored, uh, she did the choreography and she also mentored the costume design mm -hmm. and that was a huge standout. Like their ability, the, the imagination that went into the costumes uh, across the board was really, really incredible. And that's one of the things about the William Head on Stage Productions that's so cool is the inmates produce every single element and learn the technical skills on the costume design, the set design, the technical um, aspects of producing the play. And um, each one of those pieces, you could just, the, the heart and soul that went into all of them was really, really uh made it really memorable and I recommend if, if you do get a chance to go out and see it it's on until November 3rd to stay for the talk back mm. there's about 20 minutes after the show where the audience ask you know you can ask anything and um, the the humor and um, the amount of uh, just kind of personal really beautifully um, woven storytelling done back and forth was it's always a kind of special what were the show. questions mm. Uh, the question, well, there's the usual, how many of you, it's your first time, and blah, blah, blah. Um, but because, you know, people really picked up on the fact that through the casting process, and they work on this since February of wow. this last year, like it, and go into full rehearsals in June. So that's the level of effort that's being put into this from volunteers as well as, as um, the cast. From that February to June piece, everyone was working on their own characters and, and able to envelop them and wrote you know 20 hours of content and and slicing and cutting and dicing what they wanted to bring forward and uh, as people were recognized that how per deeply personal it was for everyone getting a little bit of the story behind the characters they developed that was a really cool part and that's not uh typical for william head show isn't it usually they produce uh, they don't often yeah. write Completely the last, write their own. Yeah, the last yeah. couple of years they've been doing these devised pieces, which I've actually enjoyed a lot more than just mm -hmm. taking, you know, Kurt Weill or William mm -hmm. Shakespeare yeah, and yeah. putting on a production that you could see anywhere. Yeah. And I find when they are drawn from their lived experiences, because you can't get away from the fact that you're going to a prison to see yeah. theater. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're not seeing professional actors, uh, but you want to get a sense of that journey that they're on. And, you know, from what you're talking about, the idea of being in sort of a purgatory limbo, yeah. it seems very suitable. The one they did uh, last year or the year before, where it was moving through time and it told the history of William Head as a site was yeah. also a very effective. Mm -hmm. I like the direction they're going in lately with these yeah. devised shows. And that's like Kate and Kathleen and Ingrid have been yes, doing right. that for quite some, mm -hmm. working with mm -hmm. William Head for quite some time. Yeah. Correct. Because mm -hmm. it's. Yeah. Yeah. And taking them through those, uh, you know, with the amount of rehearsal time, 
the amount of um, improv exercises they're doing, uh, screen, uh, stage writing exercises, like the amount of skills that they're giving them, uh, that they're working with Dementor, I should say, um, and learn from each other. It's really, really so cool. So have any of the William Head actors come out after and ended up in theater productions that you guys know? That's, That's a great know. question. That's actually I a really feel good like question. some of them have, I feel like they're, you know, they must, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I don't know like, how many of them stay in Victoria. I was actually going to yeah, say, I suspect a lot of them probably yeah. move on. They probably disperse back yeah. to their own mm-hmm. communities. That'd be interesting. I know yeah. I have interviewed a couple who, uh, like, have gotten out and are, were still around, but, yeah, I don't know of any who, yeah. yeah. Ended up in Atomic Vaudeville or something. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a good and, But that was thought. a common theme again in the talkback of, you know, asking, how did you get into this? And is this, like... How proud are you of all this work and and whatnot, and the amount of um, people that offered that they had you know had never been remotely interested in this type of work at all, mm-hmm. and now like it's it's yeah. the highlight of their year every mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. They want to like they see a future in it for themselves. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool. Yeah. So maybe so not they, in Victoria, but so elsewhere. I remember yeah. going too. It had definitely sparked a passion in some people. Mm-hmm. So well, that's great. It sounds like it's a very strong production, and it sounds mm-hmm. like it's worth the journey. Mm-hmm. It is. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Election election 2018 oh, is still this weekend. Uh, yeah, Saturday. So, Amanda, yeah. why don't we kick off with you? Because you hosted uh, a mayor um, a debate about a question and answer session around uh, arts and how that fits into platforms for City of Victoria specifically. Yeah, candidates. yeah. So, uh, the, ProArt, uh, the Professional Art Alliance uh, hosted a uh, mayoral candidate panel at the Bauman Centre on a Friday afternoon, and they uh, were kind enough to ask me to moderate it. Uh, so that was interesting, uh, an interesting experience. It was, I was really glad they did it. Uh, every year ProArt does a survey of, uh, that they send out to all the candidates across the CRD. And I think, uh, my understanding was they just kind of wanted to build on that because, you know, you send out a survey and of course everyone's going to be like, yeah, I like the arts. Mm. The arts are mm-hmm. great. You know, like, so how, I think they just wanted to build on that conversation. Mm-hmm. So it was just specifically for the mayoral candidates for the city of Victoria I think originally seven had RSVP'd and then five RSVP'd and then four showed up and then one left halfway no, through. Really? So, so, so who, who showed up? Uh, so uh, Lisa Helps was there. Right. Uh, David Arthur Johnston was there. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mike Gagan. Gagan. Okay. Mike Gagan. Uh, Bruce McGuigan was there for the first like 20 minutes and then I guess he had a previous engagement left and they said he was going to come back and he, he never came back. So three and a half. Yeah. Three and a half. Where, uh, so, where was Rymo? Yeah, that's actually what the other candidate, the, they were asking that like, Oh, where's Rymo? Yeah. He, he is performance art. In yeah. A way, so yeah. you think he'd be there, but maybe. It was during work hours. Yeah, so. it was at 3 p.m. on a Friday afternoon. Um, I, You know, relatively short notice, I think, mm-hmm. to, uh, like, I think I had maybe heard about it a week and a half before it was happening. So that would obviously contribute to right. people's availability. Uh, Did people good. come? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I felt like it was a pretty decent house. It's, it's like, a bit of a who's who in yeah. the audience. There was at least 100 people, if not more, there, I think. A who's who's of the arts community? Of the arts community. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, awesome. they showed yeah. up. Because these are the people who want to know what the incoming council is going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. And they're, yeah, it was a serious crowd. It hmm. should have been taken a little bit more seriously yeah, by the I, candidates. I was, 
I was disappointed. Uh, like Lisa was obviously the most prepared person there. Um, and I mean, to be fair, a lot of the questions were around the Create Victoria plan, mm-hmm. which the city has been working on for quite some time. Um, so she's, you know, she's familiar with it. Right. Yeah. Uh, not to say that, you know, the council has, like the Victoria City Council has created this plan. It's been done in, uh, independently. It's been done in consultation with arts organizations. It's been a pretty intensive process. Like I remember um, covering it when they were sort of starting the wheels turning when I was pregnant. Hmm. So that was like over three years ago now. Yeah. So but at least, yeah. you know, uh, at least they're doing something, you know, like I, I like the Creek Victoria initiative because it shows they are engaged with the arts community. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, talking to people, looking for answers and trying some new things out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what kind of questions came up? Um, it was, yeah. Uh, how can we work with, uh, developers to create and preserve art spaces. Mm. I didn't feel like anyone really had a great answer for that. Which is too bad because I think yeah. that's one of the big questions about this election. Like development is on the table. Everybody right. is talking about development. And, mm. you know, this this has been going on for years, way back, way back when they were establishing, establishing Metro Studio here in town when Intrepid Theatre was first opening that. The original plan was to put it into a new building that was going to go up. They were talking to a developer. Mm. They were going to get an allowance mm-hmm. from the city to do this. And then that all fell apart. And when you consider the number of new buildings that are going in, how many of them have dedicated art spaces? Yeah. You know, this mm-hmm. is what the Visa, the Vancouver Island School of Art, is trying to get in their new place that's going in uh, there on... Um, that's what the developed... Fifth, yeah, yeah, Fifth Street. Mm-hmm. And that, that was brought up. Lisa Helps brought that up. Did they have the questions beforehand, Amanda? Yeah, they were given, okay. the, uh, the I believe, four questions. They were given twenty them 24 hours in advance. So they had time to prepare. Mm-hmm. This didn't... Yeah. These questions weren't coming so out of nowhere. Right. Mm-hmm. They were truly unprepared, other than yeah. Lisa Helps. Which was, yeah, it's not like the... I mean, there were audience questions at the end uh, that were uh, more spontaneous. Right. Although a few of them were like pretty obvious ones that could be expected to be asked. Uh, mm. But yeah, so no one really prepared that well but isn't this isn't this symptomatic of this (laughs) election in general yeah is that the people who the incumbents uh are prepared and the people who are challenging them are complaining it's it's a little bit shocking and it was um i you know i was in the audience for this panel and it was embarrassing how bad the answers were for some of the people up there other than Lisa helps. Yeah. I mean, and, and who knows if her answers were that responses were that great or not? But in comparison, right. it was you know David Arthur Johnston. He's known as being a you know activist. He's the original tent city resident. Yes. yes. He's actually quite funny. Yeah, I I found him. I you know he was he interesting. Like he was. He yeah. said, "What did he say?" He goes. One of his answers was, well, I'd like to point out that my middle name is Art. (laughs) And then he said that he thought that someone will definitely make a movie about him. um, And so he wants to see funding for that? Maybe made possible. Other than that, it was full-on tangent. He lost his train of thought so many times it was difficult. And then Mike Gagan. Rhymes with Reagan? Rhymes with Reagan. One thing that I noticed about him, and maybe this is a new politician thing, is that he would be asked a question and he wouldn't give an answer that related to the question. And to me, that sounds like someone who's not listening. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not a good look 
And, and I, you know, I noticed that Lisa Helps, and I've seen other politicians do this who are incumbents, they'll take notes when someone's asking a question, they'll come prepared, just like you would prepare for a yep. job interview, because mm-hmm. that's what it is. Yep. Yep. And he didn't do that, and it, it really, you know, it, it made it seem like he didn't care. So I don't know if that's right or I wrong. Agree. I've heard this so much in uh, a lot of the interviews for the current uh, current candidates, uh, where all they want to do is bring it back to their quote unquote platform. Yeah, um, yeah, he was doing that yeah. a lot, and it was disappointing. And the platforms are not about things that they want to do; they're about kind of things that they've been a part of, yes. that they're proud of, but don't really relate to the issues going on right now. Or the things they just mm-hmm. want to complain about yeah, and remove. Things... It's like, oh, I don't like what the city did with this, and so yeah, we're going to undo that. He brought up mm-hmm. the John A. McDonald statue and how he was endorsed by the sculptor, and it's like, <laughs> okay, great, so good for you, but that has nothing to do with arts in the city and, and these people in the room mm-hmm. whose life work yeah. is to create and support and... Mm-hmm you know, make art here and and they want to elect someone who's going to understand that or pay attention. Yeah, it's, it's so. like we have a very healthy creative sector here that's organized. Like, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, yeah. like they're organized. They know what they're talking about. There's a plan mm-hmm. in place. You know, they want to hear how their elected officials are going to help keep yeah. that sector. And it, they should be treated out. as seriously as the business community, yeah, as the education yeah, community. Absolutely. These are the movers and drivers of the economy here. And if they're not the people who are part of driving the economy, they the people who support the arts sure are. Yes, mm-hmm. You want to talk about the biggest, you know, influencers yes. in town, they're very tuned into the arts community here. And big patrons. Yeah, mm-hmm. and people talk. And so you want to take those groups seriously and be really respectful. And Even yeah, if you use uh, like... Vital Signs, Victoria Foundation's Vital Signs yeah. report, the arts and culture in the city always rate at the highest. Like mm-hmm. they the highest score, we got a B plus this year. Uh, and arts and culture is always at the highest tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I get so tired of these candidates sitting there saying, oh, I support the arts because it benefits the community. Great. You know, I want something a little more yeah. than that. We're past yeah. that. We, yeah. so that economic that, yeah. argument has been made. It's it's fact. It's like we don't yeah. need to, like, th- those were the conversations we were yeah. having 10 years ago when they were cutting funding. We don't need to have those mm-hmm. art conversations no, anymore. No. I'll so. give Bruce McGriggan some, car- uh, some credit because he uh, did have some specific ideas. He was very much in favor of the creation of live work studios for artists and retirement residents for artists, which I thought was pretty far reaching because a lot of the longtime arts people in town are getting to retirement age now. Right. I would love a retirement residence mm-hmm. for artists. That'd be a really cool platform. Is that yeah. something that actually came up? That affordable housing mm-hmm. is so dominant in this election as um, well. And yeah. And how that impacts the artist community and yeah, no, that, that didn't really it didn't. There was a lot of discussion about space, mm-hmm. art space. Yeah. Because that's directly um, not tied where they to live. development. Not where people live. Yeah, it didn't really go that deep. Yeah, I mean, there was a question about if they supported a central arts hub mm. like the proposed Bastion Square, mm. why or why not? Uh, there was the issue of uh, taxes, tax breaks mm-hmm. uh, for mm. uh, organizations that are, say, renting space from a church mm. uh, and how those taxes could, you know, them having to pay those tax bills is, can be a, a challenge. Mm. So, uh, yeah, but nothing um, specifically about uh, affordable housing that is directed at specifically for artists. Mm. Yeah. I think that part of the challenge with the conversation was the lack of 
depth of the people who mm-hmm. are leading, who are part of the, you know, the candidates. Mm-hmm. It's like they couldn't hold a conversation about the arts other than Lisa helps. But even she, she got frustrated at one point and was like, "Where is everybody? Like, yeah. Yeah. why, why aren't they here?" Yeah. Right. Because it was hard to have a good. Yeah, I mean, full, full disclosure, like I helped with some of the design, some of the questions, mm-hmm. and I think there was... Uh, the questions like, were fine. Th- there was a desire to not make them too specific for that mm-hmm. very sure, reason. Sure. And yeah. yeah, because like, yeah, some people aren't totally well-versed in those... But I tell you, if somebody had yeah. said, you know, how are you going to, how are you going to impact the homeless situation? They would have had answers. Oh yeah, for, for mm-hmm. sure. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, William Tate, who's running for city council, uh, he had one of my favorite lines so far I've read. Arts are what separates humans from other animals, so to support arts is supporting human evolution. <laughs> you know, Good like, one. Can you get more general than that? I yeah. Think so. One yeah. other question I had, just looking through um, the Pro Arts Alliance, also that survey that you referenced that it was interesting to see where what municipalities responded and mm. some where there's just whole blank answers. Um, and not that there aren't artists living there as well. But what um, I didn't see a lot, even, even where candidates were noting what different events or organizations or, or um, cultural pieces in the city they support were a lot of our standards, all great events, but I didn't see a lot about emerging artists or mm-hmm. kind of brand new work. And that did that come up at all, or has that been part of the conversation you guys have noticed? No, actually, and that's actually a very good point um, because yeah, uh, there has been a lot of new creative work happening here. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of discussion about amalgamation and how that would benefit the mm-hmm. arts, but it's kind of like that's a you know, we're not there no. at this point. We're not point. even close we're to being there. Yeah, what's the argument that amalgamation would benefit? That if we acted regionally and... Um, but we have regional support for We the have arts. regional <laughs> supports. Yeah, it was just... Well, and I they're mean, inherently regional. I mean, the fringe yeah. wouldn't exist if people... Exactly. In fact, my yes. downstairs neighbors... They live full time in Sug except for one night a week when they come into town for shows. No, they have wow. they keep an apartment in the city specifically wow. to support the arts because they see it as a regional thing. They so they're seem inherently really cool. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they're awesome. But yeah, it's uh, it's inherently regional. So that's really interesting that amalgamation is being seen that way. Yeah, and um... and that's what drives me nuts about the CRD. Uh, you know, we we know that there's some most of the regions in the city in the Greater Victoria area uh, contribute to the CRD Art Service. Uh, some do not, but you cannot tell me that when Cirque du Soleil plays in town, that people are not coming in from Langford for yeah. that, mm-hmm. and yet Langford does not contribute to the CRD Arts Service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there wasn't much, there wasn't really any talk about specific arts organizations, or, you know, very little. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been nice to hear, it would have been nice to hear a little bit more about, you know, their own personal feelings or experiences of arts so there was yeah, the the arts awards did come up yeah as a that point. was cool yeah. and everyone supported yeah. having some kind of local arts awards again so yeah yeah which would be great yeah well and without uh, endorsing any specific candidates uh, I still think it's great that we have a poet on city council right now. Mm-hmm. You know, that we have a practicing artist on the council. I think that always balances things mm-hmm. out. You know, you can have an economist, you can have a historian. Why not have a poet? I'd well? like mm-hmm. to see some uh, parents of young children on council, though. That'd mm. be nice. There's yeah. some candidates. There's some candidates. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. You know, bottom line for me is that people just need to vote. Yeah. yeah. The last election, we had a 39% voting 
turnout. And what the was mayor the, won by 80? I was going to say 80? very slim margin. Votes, yeah. You yeah. Know? Like, and that is crazy. If mm-hmm. there's one thing, one part of society that you can have a direct effect on, it's your municipal government. Like everybody, you know, a lot of people vote for the federal and the provincial elections, but not so many mm-hmm. people seem it's to your care. everyday life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You don't like how the city is being run. Vote. Vote. Yeah. So just, I yeah. encourage everyone to get out and vote. Yeah, this get Saturday, October 20th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do your homework a little bit. It's not yeah. that hard. It's not There's that hard. candidate profiles on everywhere Facebook yep. and the paper. Yep. On, yeah. And Victoria is a small enough city that the odds are good you know some of these people who are running yeah. anyways. Yeah. And you can make that very simple decision. Do you want this person to be running my city? Yeah. No. If and you're voting in Victoria, some is like no. Specifically, VictoriaVotes.org is a good website. Right. Yep. If you're curious about the uh, the survey, uh, the pro art survey specifically on the arts, which covers all the municipalities in the CRD, it's been sent to all the candidates. Right. We've shared it on our Facebook page. So check that out if that's uh, specifically of interest mm-hmm. to you and you haven't done so yet. And go out and vote on yeah. Saturday. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll plug Sid Taffler's site too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's doing the record, which is uh, yeah. a good resource site as well. So, All right. So the election's coming up election. this weekend. And yeah. what, what else is coming what up? What else is coming up? If that isn't necessarily the kind of uh, theater you're looking for, <laughs> uh, this week, uh, by the time we go on there, we'll know who has won the City of Victoria Book Prize. Uh, that's on October 17th. Uh, also coming up, uh, opening October 17th, is the Rocky Horror Show. Atomic Broadville is remounting that again, third, fourth time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very popular show. Super don't fun. bring your own props, though. They, no. don't, they don't want race on stage. There's okay. $5 prop bags okay. that you buy there. Yeah. See, I'm an old-time Rocky Horror person from back in the 80s. <laughs> so it's tricky for me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you want to stay late and sweep up all the rice. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Antimatter is still on now. Antimatter Media Arts Festival that's happening now. Uh, what else? Uh, Atomic Vaudeville is also doing a Halloween cabaret. Vampires are back. Uh, October 19th, 31st. Did they ever leave? I don't <laughs> think they ever really left. It is a little too soon for a comeback yeah, 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 when yeah. <laughs> Twilight is still They're fighting so back against all the zombies. It's zombie everything these days. Uh, Blue Bridge is opening Billy Bishop Goes to War, the Canadian classic musical, October 25th. Uh, oh, CCPA's Company C is doing 12 Angry Jurors, October 18th, 21st. A nice update of the old 12 Angry Men, which I think is very nice to see. Uh, this week, uh, Confabulation, the storytelling series, is doing Scars. That's on October 18th. If you want to hear a night of no frills, no bells, no whistles storytelling, um, that's that'll be good to go see. And the Belfry is going to be opening up their next show. Uh, Mustard opens on November the 1st. Yeah, so thanks everybody for listening. Uh, you can get in touch with us, check the program, yyj at gmail.com, Facebook and Twitter, check the program. Uh, Croatia does our theme music. Uh, and yeah, get out and vote on Saturday, please. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure we'll have lots to discuss after the election is over. And okay. marijuana will be legal. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I hear a theme show. Stay tuned for the, uh, the Legalized Marijuana three-hour podcast uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. program. <laughs> it is also the day Rocky Horror opens. I wonder if that's oh. coincidence or conspiracy. You that's can, uh, yeah, get your hands on some Texada time warp for Rocky <laughs> Horror. So. But where are we going to get it? Because everyone's supposed to be shutting down now where we're all going to drive to Kamloops. Yeah, you order on the internet. Which yeah. they say they hope the site doesn't crash. That yeah, feels okay. hope. And is there enough stock out there for anybody? You know, it's, these are all the questions that I'm dying to know the answer to. On that note, I'm Melanie Trump Hooper. I'm Amanda Farrell Lowe. I'm John Thrillpo. 
I'm Sarah Petrescu, and don't forget to check, check the, the program. program.